episode of Do You Want to Hear a Story was created for adult audiences. This episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Dreams of being the first man on Mars. An internship at NASA. A moon rock heist. Deals in an Italian restaurant. And a guy named Thad. Do you want to hear a story? Will you give a few seconds of your time? Good evening, folks. The energy crisis were gathered Want to hear my story? When we return this rock, or some of the others like it to Houston, we'd like to share a piece of this rock with so many of the countries throughout the world. We hope that this will be a symbol of what our feelings are, what the feelings of the Apollo program are, and a symbol of mankind that we can live in peace and harmony in the future. You just know trouble isn't going to be far when your name is Thaddeus Roberts. Now, throw NASA priceless moon rocks and an FBI sting operation into the equation and you've literally got everything for Mark Wahlberg's next movie. Thaddeus, Thadley, the Thad, okay, Thad spent his childhood dreaming the dream many children have dreamt before him to grow up and one day be an astronaut. And while most end up as accountants or as insurance brokers, Thad actually made it to NASA. He left his little hometown in Utah for the bright lights of the Johnson Space Center, NASA. The endless opportunities that so few would ever have the chance at. For Thad, the move from Utah to NASA, it really was. Now this life-changing move took place in the early 2000s. Thad was 24 or 25, and everyone who knew Thad back then remembers him as the guy who knew what he wanted and what he had to do to get it. He was a real go-getter young Thaddeus. And when he was accepted into the Johnson Space Center's prestigious cooperative education program, one of only two at the time to be accepted from the University of Utah, just as Harry was excited to find out he was a wizard, Thad was over the moon to be at NASA. On paper, Thad was everything NASA would want in a young astronaut. Ambitious, hungry, and determined. Even his other co-ops could see that Thad stood out as a guy on a mission. Some saw a guy with a spark, some saw the ambition, and then there were some that just saw him as fascinatingly disturbing. During his co-op, Thad was assigned to Building 31 North at the Space Center, with the responsibility for preparing minute earth rocks for NASA scientists to experiment with. But Building 31 North was home to much more valuable rocks. Building 31 North was home to the vaults, home to the moon rocks collected across the various Apollo missions. 840 pounds of moon rocks lived in these vaults 
in nitrogen-filled cabinets uncontaminated by the shitty Earth air. NASA will tell you it's impossible to put a monetary value on these rocks. Black market dealers and courts will tell you otherwise. NASA staff tell the stories now of how Thad would spend hours hovering around the vaults showing particular interest in the moon rocks. And for the slippery Thaddeus, the temptation was becoming too much. The obsession with the moon rocks was in full overdrive for Thad. He even took his wife Katie to visit. And for Katie, this was just one of those oh my god moments, I'm holding a moon rock. Thad felt differently, saying to Katie, how great would it be if we could just take one of these and sell it? At the time, no one would have known that Thaddeus was planning the heist of a lifetime. I, I probably shouldn't say planning, more thinking about it, because as this story unravels, you'll see there was really no planning. Thadley was suffering from a severe case of overconfidence. Having no actual skill set required to perform a planetary heist, he succumbed to the fact that breaking into NASA's vaults would be an impossible task. But luckily for Thad, even though the vaults were some of the most secure vaults on the planet Earth, some say more secure than the Federal Reserve or Fort Knox, NASA did allow one of its scientists to keep a bunch of super rare moon rock in what was essentially a lockable filing cabinet. Just down the corridor from where Thad spent most of his time was Dr. Everett Gibson's office. Now he's a principal investigator at NASA and he spent at that time 30 years researching lunar rocks from all of the Apollo missions. Now, maybe it's a little unfair to call it just a filing cabinet, but the safe where Dr. Everett kept his samples does look a lot like a filing cabinet, and without giving away the story here, it was later defeated by just everyday power tools bought at a local hardware store. That being said, it did weigh in at 600 pounds, and Dr. Everett is the only person on Earth who has the combination. Fueled by the childlike desire of I see it, therefore I want it. And remembering that he had fuck all chance of breaking into the vaults at NASA. Dr. Everett's filing cabinet safe was Thad's best chance at getting his grubby little paws on some delicious lunar rock. His poor unsuspecting wife Katie was dragged back in so that Thad could play out the old Dr. Everett, can you show my wife some lunar rock ruse? Dr. Everett obliged, giving Thadley the chance to see exactly how to open up the filing cabinet safe. And if you could believe it, Dr. Everett kept the safe's combination on the back of a piece of paper on top of the safe. I mean, talk about luck. On a break from NASA, Thad continued his work at the Utah Museum of Natural History. Side note here, moon rocks were not the first important rocks that Thad had stolen. Previously, he'd bought home to Katie a trilobite fossil with the claim that the professors at the museum liked him so much, they decided to reward him with a 200 million year old fossil. And it was back in Utah that Thaddeus would reach out to an old friend. And literally, I could not make this up. He had his friend meet him in the basement of the museum 
after hours to discuss selling moon rocks. That old friend was Gordon McWerther. Thad asked, what do you think about moon rocks? I may have one. And what do you think about the possibility of selling one? Again, reminding us that everyone involved with the moon rock heist was the furthest thing from a professional criminal. The two Googled how to sell moon rocks. And somehow only then did it become apparent to Gordo that possessing such a rock, unless it was gifted, would be illegal. Now, I can't speak to Gordo's thought process here, but I feel like there may be one or two red flags. When he questioned Thad on the who, what, when, where, and why of it all, Thad told him that he'd somehow connected with a Honduran prince who was in fact gifted moon rocks by the US government. And that same prince needed the help of Thad and Gordo to sell the rocks. The prince would of course pay them a brokerage fee for putting the deal together. I mean seriously Gordon, in what reality is that believable? So Gordo, equipped with his completely believable story, is now on board. And he takes it upon himself to avoid when communicating any US-based mineral collectors. He puts together a list of 50 or so international mineral collectors under the alias of Orb Robinson. To the 50 international mineral collectors, he sends the following email. Greetings. My name is Orb Robinson from Tampa, Florida. I have in my possession a rare and multi-carat moon rock I'm trying to find a buyer for. The laws surrounding this type of exchange are known, so I will be straightforward and nonchalant about wanting to find a private buyer. If you or someone you know would be interested in such an exchange, please let me know. Thank you. Unfortunately for the two pros, their email list included Axel Emmerman, a collector based out of Antwerp, Belgium. His first reaction, as I assume it would be for most of us, was this is obviously a joke or some type of scam. But for whatever reason, he decided to hang on to the email. He wanted to do some of his own investigating before including the authorities. So he wrote back to Orb, hoping to get a little bit more information about the potential transaction. Having an interested buyer got Thad very excited. Thad decided that he'd take over communication from now on. Gordo transferred the email address and forwarded on all the emails. At that point, the two parted ways. Thad returned back to the Johnson Space Center, where he continued to put pressure on Axel to put together a deal. I mean, the balls on this guy. Here he is, working a deal for the sale of the rarest rocks on the planet, while not having said rocks, while also planning a heist to get said rocks. Axel, knowing right from wrong, was able to find out that Thadley's emails were coming from Tampa, Florida. Now, Axel knew the right thing was to throw the Honduran prince under the bus, and he forwarded those emails onto the FBI office in Tampa, Florida. Those emails arrived in the inbox of Agent Lawrence Wolfenden. Now, Orb 
aka Thaddeus, aka the Honduran Prince, continued to bombard Axel with emails chasing confirmation that the two were going to move forward and do a deal. The FBI decided it was time that they stepped in and they took over communications with Orb. Axel asked that his sister-in-law, Lynn, would be able to take over negotiations. Now, Lynn was actually Lawrence Wolfenden's colleague, Special Agent Nick Nance. Nick was a professional at duping unsuspecting criminals on the internet. Now, again, I can't stress how far from a professional criminal Thaddeus was. He continued his email correspondence with Lynn, aka Special Agent Nick Nance, at NASA, from the NASA computers. Believe it or not, even back in 2002, the FBI can trace an IP address. It took him five minutes to realize the emails were originating from NASA, which obviously caused concern. If anyone was actually going to have access to moon rocks, it would be someone inside of NASA. Welcome Special Agent Paddy Sorrell from NASA's Independent Investigation Unit, which is basically NASA's version of the FBI. It became Paddy's job to track down Orb Robinson. Now here's the thing. Never did the FBI or the NASA investigators think that a moon rock heist was something that some lowly co-op would be planning to pull off. Their first thoughts was this could be someone high up, which is the reason they couldn't just call NASA and say, hey, who, uh, who has access to the moon rock vault? What they did know, though, was that the genius behind Orb Robinson originally emailed from the University of Utah and now from inside NASA. So to recap, Thad, the genius, is emailing his potential buyer for stolen moon rocks from both his university computer and now his computer at NASA. Unfortunately though, there were two professors working at the Johnson Space Center that had come from the University of Utah. So at this point you may be thinking, this Thad, he really doesn't seem smart enough to be working at NASA, and he's kind of a prick. Which is why this would be the perfect time for Thadley to double down, and not only to steal some sweet, sweet lunar loot, but to also start cheating on his wife, with Tiffany Flower, a 22-year-old NASA intern. This, as you can imagine, was quite the shock for his wife, Katie. Back in Utah, working away to make sure that Thaddeus was financially taken care of. Katie was lucky enough to find out this information about her husband's affair when she called up one of his roommates asking, where is Thad? And the roommate informed her that he'd actually moved out and was now living with another girl. Mm. Faced with the complication of his wife now knowing about his girlfriend, Thad worked hard to convince Katie that Tiffany was nothing special to him and that he was just using her for something that he couldn't get into. What a guy. In reality, as far as Tiffany was concerned, Thad was the man of her dreams, and she was the woman of his dreams. They were preparing for a life together of adventure and fun. Thad really thought of himself as a James Bond-esque character. He would enthrall Tiffany with his stories of his secret heist plans, luring her into a world of adventure. 
but a well-rounded heist team needs more than two people. Enter 19-year-old Shay Sauer, an engineering student also co-oping at NASA, who many said looked up to Thad, if you can believe that. It wasn't hard for him to convince her to join the team. And there it was, his team, Thaddeus, Tiffany and Shay. Now, he continued to build to the intrigue and he worked on Tiffany and Shay, dropping hints here and there on this mysterious plan he had in action. And he doubled down on his negotiations with Lynn or Special Agent Nick Nance. He reached out to Lynn, Nick Nance, and they set a date for the buy, July 20th, 2002. The FBI's sting centered around catching the already thief of the moon rocks. They weren't working on a way to foil a robbery because they believed at this point Orb already had the rocks in his possession, believing that this was someone high up in NASA. Now for the FBI, the weekend before the 20th was just any other day at work, coffee and sting operations. They didn't realize that that weekend was also the weekend that Thad and his groupies had planned to actually steal the rocks from the Johnson Space Center. Thad, in a borrowed Jeep, collected his accomplices. Shay stayed out the front as a lookout, while Thad and Tiffany let themselves into the building with their own employee codes to open the door. The helpful part for the trio was that Building 31 at NASA had no interior cameras. Now remember, this is an extremely well thought out plan. Months of work and effort have gone into this and the team were leaving nothing to chance, except for if you include literally the only door between them and the rocks and that was the door to Dr. Everett's office, which had a keypad combination lock on it. So there was that to deal with. But Thad was invested at this point. I mean, he'd already bought the dolly trolley with him. There was obviously no turning back. So he spent the next 30 minutes randomly trying combinations, hoping one would work. And in sync with the rest of this heist, luck prevailed for Thaddeus. And he somehow cracked that code. Now they were in. Now nothing stood between them and the priceless moon rocks. Nothing except for the 600 pound safe housing them. But that didn't matter. Thad, the mastermind, had already planned for this. Remember when he bought his wife in before she knew that he was cheating on her so that he could watch Dr. Everett open the safe? All he needed was that little piece of paper with the combination and bingo, it was there. Now to just turn it over and see the combination. I'm just joking. On the back of that little piece of paper was not the combination, but it was a maths equation that Dr. Everett had written for himself so that when solved, it would give you the combination. Now, for a brain like Thad, there is literally no equation that cannot be solved. But given that he'd already spent 30 minutes trying to open a door, he didn't have the time to stop for a maths quiz. Almost as if he'd prepared for his own stupidity, he did have the dolly trolley with him. And so the two seasoned criminals loaded the 600-pound safe onto the trolley and began navigating it through the corridors of NASA. I mean, you almost wish there was cameras just so we could see what that looked like. 
Now, miraculously, the two did get it out to the Jeep where Shay was waiting, and once loaded, they drove it to a Motel 6. Unfortunately, the hotel had no vacancies. No, sorry, let's give the trio some credit. They'd already booked a room for the night, and that's where they got to work. With a skill saw, an angle grinder, and a crowbar, Thad hacked his way into the safe. At 2am, after hours and hours of power tools in a motel, again, well done Thad, everyone knows you take the safe to an abandoned warehouse. There it was. 30 years worth of research for Dr. Everett and the rocks from every Apollo mission. Now, Thaddeus denies this, but both girls remember Dr. Everett's notebooks containing his decades of research being there that night. Shay even later claimed to the FBI that she wanted to mail them back to him, but Thad decided best to just throw them out. Someone's life's work. They were, however, the notebooks. They were visible in the photos that Tiffany took that night. Now, this is actually a little-known fact, but all criminals take incriminating photos of themselves and the evidence to be used against them later. That Monday, the gang went back to work and acted as if everything was cool, man. The rumours began to swirl that there'd been a robbery over the weekend. Thad, Tiffany and Shay played it cool. No one suspected them. They'd just pulled off the heist of the century. Now, Special Agent Patty Sorrell from NASA's FBI was still investigating those two visiting professors, thinking the ones from the University of Utah, thinking that they were the ones acting as Orb Robinson. On a check-in call with her mole in NASA, she was actually alerted to the robbery that had just taken place. This was quickly followed by another stroke of genius from Thad, who took documents that he'd taken from the safe and then faxed them over to Lynn, Nick Nance, once and for all confirming that he was in possession of the largest private moon rock collection on planet Earth. Well, good job, Thaddeus. You have now confirmed to the FBI that you are responsible for the robbery. He'd already planned to meet with Lynn, Nick Nance, that next weekend to finalize the deal. This is literally the easiest sting operation in FBI history, I'm sure. The trickiest thing for the FBI agents at this point was getting the arrest warrant because they knew the very intelligent criminals were going to be there on the 20th. They just didn't know their real names yet. They obviously only had the alias, Orb Robinson. Shay got cold feet and backed out at the last minute just before the meet. The lovebirds... Thad and Tiffany drove down from the Johnson Space Center to Orlando, Florida for the big meet. Now, this was way too big of a deal for Gordo to miss out. So he flew in to Florida. So he actually bought a plane ticket to fly into his own arrest. Coincidence or not, but the day of the meeting actually took place on the 33rd anniversary of the first moon landing. I personally don't think that was a coincidence at all, only because the rest of this plan had been so carefully worked out. Thad definitely meant to do that. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Thad, Tiffany, and Gordo met up in a hotel room so that Gordo could finally see the rocks. Through the window of the eagle, Armstrong and Aldrin see what no human eyes have ever seen before. It was later when Gordo left the hotel room 
in a moment where he claims he actually contemplated leaving the situation completely. Spoiler, he didn't leave. But it was in that moment that Thad had an idea. Now, since their whirlwind romance had begun, Thadley had promised Tiffany the moon and everything else. And here they find themselves, the only people in the world in a hotel room with the rarest rocks on the planet, the moon rocks. This is where Thad claims that he put the lunar rocks under the covers of the bed and he and Tiffany proceeded to have sex on top of the moon rocks. A story I'll just add Tiffany is yet to back up. Gordo would also later add that there's no way this happened, not unless they finished the deed and made the beds the exact same way that the hotel staff would. So, was Thad and Tiffany the first people from Earth to have sex on the moon? Who knows, probably. It's hardly the craziest part of this story. Now, after the sex, the sting was moments away. Just down the road from the hotel at an Italian restaurant, Italianis. At this point, the FBI agents were still expecting one of the visiting Utah University professors to come through the door as they anxiously waited inside the Italian restaurant. Thankfully though, Thad had completely prepared them by telling him exactly what he would be wearing. I mean, talk about being the worst heist mastermind ever. Once they caught up, the FBI agents posing as the buyers and Thad, Thad was just excited to meet his would-be buyers. He was happy to go into full detail literally breaking down every single part of the entire heist. He explained it from top to bottom, just how he pulled off the heist of the century. And because it seemed that Thad wanted to serve the case up to the FBI agents on a silver platter, he also had Gordo and Tiffany join him at the restaurant. So now all the players were there while Thad continued to dig them deeper and deeper into a hole. Thad did joke that he hoped they weren't wearing a wire. They were. After the meeting, the three arch criminals and the two FBI agents drove back to the hotel to finish the deal. Now, talk about the perfect sting operation. The call comes in from FBI headquarters to go ahead with the arrest as soon as everyone pulls into the car park of the hotel and bang, agents appear out of the bushes and take down the completely unsuspecting Moonrock thieves. Surprisingly, after Thad's arrest, his wife decided not to post bail. Mm. And as a thank you for his work in the sting, Axel, the guy from Antwerp, he had an asteroid named after him. So in the future, don't be so quick to disregard your spam email. It was a pretty straightforward arrest and the rocks were returned to Dr. Everett. Now, completely contaminated by Thad and his posse, the real crime for Dr. Everett was the missing notebooks. 30 years worth of research gone. Something that during his sentencing, the judge would reflect on saying, after all of this, Thad, you'd be in a position to go and write a book about your adventures. Something that someone actually did. But Dr. Everett would never have that opportunity now, thanks to you. NASA couldn't put a value on the moon rocks, but the court called it 20 million. And Thadley pleaded guilty. He was sentenced to eight years in jail. Now, as if the thieving and the cheating on his wife wasn't bad enough, I'd like to paint a picture of the type of person that Thadley was. 
Thaddeus Roberts was given eight years in jail. He was then given a reduction of 10 months after he testified against his friend Gordo. I mean, what a guy. Gordo was sentenced to four and a half years, but he says he's doing okay now. He's a father of three, he's an author, and he says that prison actually saved his life because it gave him the chance to become sober. Tiffany and Shay were both sentenced to three years probation. The judge could see that this was out of character for them and they'd clearly been manipulated. Katie filed for divorce and left the master manipulator. Now, if you're interested in what Thaddeus is up to, after the sting operation, he never saw Tiffany again. He's a theoretical physicist, still dreaming of going into space, and he has a YouTube channel with 700 subscribers. Good night. Good night now. Good night.